to another episode of Paranormal, the new normal. I'm your host as always, Jeremy. Here trying to make the world seem a little more normal. Will I accomplish that tonight? Maybe, maybe, who knows. But as always, I have a guest to try to help me do that. And my guest tonight is Mike Hatcher, who is a paranormal investigator, filmmaker, and an executive producer of Paraflix, which I've heard of Paraflix. I am on Parapost, and I know they're kind of related. So, yeah, we know uh, Brian. Um, he's got uh, Hunophobia. He's got some uh, shows on Paraflix. Yeah. So I've been familiar with Paraflix for a while, but I never actually talked to anybody that's part of it. So I kind of was looking forward to this. I was like, oh, cool. Sweet. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> exactly. But first things first, how are you doing tonight, Mike? I'm not doing too bad. You know, I'm uh, in top of the world, you know, feeling great. Well, there you go. That's what I like to hear. Drinking my kid's juice. Ah, well, we also do that. We also do that sometimes, you know. Kids don't like to finish what they're given. <laughs> right? I love the blue high C. Blue high C's and the red. Those are my favorites. But, oh, I mean, give me my kid's Hawaiian punch any day of the week. The blue one? Oh, that's like crack. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but... First question I ask everybody on this show is, what got you into the paranormal? Um, you know, just like everybody else, um, majority of the field, they we all experienced it at some point young in our lives. Um, myself, I, I had some experiences as a child, but my main one that really got me heavily into paranormal. I know like a lot of hosts and a lot of shows, they love the, um, they like the dark, they like the scary stuff, because that's what sells. Mine wasn't dark, it wasn't scary, it was actually very healing. Um, my stepfather had passed away, and we didn't have a very good relationship for the last like eight years of his life. And uh, when he, he passed away, right before I turned 21, and... You know, when you lose a parent, you, 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 these questions form in your mind, you know, am I going to be okay? You know, did they really love me? How am I, are we, did, you know, those questions. Exactly. And, uh, makes sense. Right. So one night I, after the funeral, I had uh, stayed at my mom's house and I went to bed just running through my mind. And next thing you know, I see myself like I'm hovering over my body, <clears throat> watching myself sleep. And I went into the kitchen of my mom's house, into the dining room. And when I, I turned the corner of the dining room, my dad just came walking out of the hallway, bright light all around him, just glowing, looks at me, gives me a hug, says he loves me and everything will be okay. And I woke up. And then it all went really from there, just having this astral projection out of body experience. And, you know, it, it was life changing. Sounds like it. I mean, at the end of the day, though, I mean, yeah, people like the scary stuff funny, but I personally think the stuff that's more heartwarming is even better because it makes you want to embrace the paranormal, not run away from it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's, that's what we get into this field for is we want to find answers and you can't find answers if you're, you know, everything's scary. Exactly. It just doesn't, it doesn't work if everything's scary. I mean, who would want to go on investigations if everything you run into is going to make you run like the characters in Scooby-Doo? Right. But I, I run towards those locations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid of much. Truth be told, I, that is a lie. Um, I am actually a paranormal investigator who was afraid of the dark. Just going to throw it out there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well, I that's, just, probably, that's probably why you got into it, though, is to try to bring light <laughs> to the dark. Which is which is funny because you bring that up because I am actually a uh, light worker. And I've actually been told that I could possibly be a hybrid species from Nephilim and angels. So, because I, I, I am attracted to light. I'm attracted to the angel side and the spiritual side of paranormal. Um, 
I tried studying demonology for a little bit, which I hope to get back into, but you know, I'm more in, in, into the lighter side and, you know, even doing shadow work. It's yeah. Well, before I get to my second question, what made you want to get into demonology? <laughs> kind of curious. I wanted to be a demonologist. I wanted to study. Um, I was doing a lot of shadow work and, and studying shadow work, became a shadow work practitioner. And I, I just started getting really spiritual about everything. And, and I just wanted to learn. I wanted to take on, you know, as, as much as you can in the field and, and get an understanding. Um, I come from an Italian background and one of my great uncles has artwork in the Vatican. So for me, it, it's kind of one of those, my grandparents, I believe had a Catholic background. My great grandfather who I'm named after, um, was real big in the Catholic church actually started one here locally. Hmm. Uh, not far from where I am. And they, they just have that Catholic background. And, and for me, I felt like there was a, a desire to want to do exorcisms, but I'm not a religious person. So yeah. to understand demonology from different aspects and how you can do it outside of using Jesus and God as your basis behind you know, demonology. Well, I mean, I'm not a religious person either. And I mean, I don't know. The thought of doing exorcisms without Jesus and God, like I, I mean, well, if supernatural showed us anything, it's just the fact you have to know Latin. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've done, I've, I've done house cleansings. I've done, I, I've helped cross spirits over. Um, and being able to do those kind of does open up a side of um, spiritualness in you because you kind of have to, you got to go in a little hypocritical when you do cleansings because you, you're there to um, make the client safe. You're there to make the homeowners and the kids safe. So you want to focus your cleansings on their religion. So in order to do that, you kind of have to have a little bit of an understanding. And that's where a lot of demonology work comes into play. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if you believe in it hard enough, you could always just be like, I command you with the power of Yoda, go back. But you could. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's true. A lot of demonology, um, even house cleansings, a lot of it's theatrics. It's making the client realize, like my job as a paranormal investigator um, if somebody comes to me and says, Hey, my house is haunted. Can you come check it out? My job as an investigator is to tell you why your house is not haunted. Not that it is. This is why it's not. Um, and I think a lot of people in the field tend to forget that we all, we always jump to it's a spirit and yeah, I mean, we all, we just hoped, we all hope to capture the next best evidence, but we don't actually thoroughly examine anything. For a lot of people, that is true nowadays. I mean, it's just be, it's becoming a very busy profession with a lot of different people trying to do it all of a sudden. And there's, of course, I, there's going to be there's going to be people out there that are going to get called fakes and all that. I mean, I see oh, yeah. it online every day. Oh yeah, I I don't even think I would call it a profession. I just I think it's just a it's Hobby. a field full of hobbyists. Yeah. Um, nobody really makes money off of doing it. People feel that it's unethical to do house cleansings and investigations and not charge. And, you know, if you could do that, then I'd call it a profession, but nah. even filming. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I agree. It's just one of those things that, I mean, I had paranormal investigation in my house a little over a year ago now, and it was completely free and they were just from a local organization that did it. And they just, they determine there's a spirit living in my house, which I kind of already suspected. But I mean, I mean, the signs. Of, the signs of, I'm sorry. A little validation always helps. Yeah, and I mean, they use dividing rods and all that to talk to them. But it's, I, I mean, I don't know how much I believe in dividing rods. I really don't. The I, um, dousing rods. Yeah, yeah I, I question some stuff. Um, 
I, I question a lot of things because I also dabble a little bit. I, I'm real big. Um, I will promote her everywhere I go. Her name's Sarah Sutherland. Um, I actually did a podcast. I hosted one this morning with her on it. Um, she's a forensic psychologist, sociologist, um, degrees in criminal justice, criminal background. And she uh, has a book. It's called It's on Quantum Parapsychology. Hmm. And the, the a lot of theories and, and, and debates in parapsychology is it's our a lot of it can be in our mind, especially when you're using divination tools like dousing rods and pendulums. Um, if you if you hold a pendulum and in your mind you say swing right, it's going to go. It's going to swing right. Yeah, because it's picking up on your, your energy. So if you say swing left, it's going to swing left. So. A lot of those devices, I I only use pendulums to find portals. I don't use them for anything other than that. But yeah, I don't I don't like a lot of them either. Yeah, I mean now, the spirit box that gets me like, I'm I can get a little more behind that per se, but even that like I'm just like, I, I guess I just don't know I don't know enough behind like how they work to really know if I trust them or not. Right, a lot of them are custom made the way they're built. I personally don't know how they're built. Um, I do know a lot of people that build them. But again, it's one of those, you know, you're listening to something, you're expecting to hear something, and we think that's what we heard half the time. Because I'll, I'll watch a lot, of, uh, a lot of stuff on, like, Facebook or YouTube where people will post evidence, and I'm like, I don't hear that. I don't see that. Um, it's it's a matter of how we feed it to our mind that makes us believe that's what's being said. Exactly. I mean, uh, so much of this is just pretty much in your mind's eye of like what you expect to get out of it. But, right. Uh, I mean, well, let me ask you this because this is my second question. I usually ask everybody: Have you had any other other experiences besides the first one when you were a kid? Prior to that one, or any leading up to where I am now? Uh, any in general, to, any in general. I mean, if you have uh, any more spirit ones, or I mean, if you have any alien slash UFO slash furrier cryptids, we love those. <laughs> you see, I never, I, I was never big into Bigfoot or UFOs or aliens. Um, it was always really just ghosts um, and yeah. spirits. Um, hmm, what would be a good one? Because I've I've filmed quite a bit. I've traveled quite a bit. So I can tell you one about, so this was actually never an investigation. This was actually a personal experience I had. Um, I was renting a house out with my cousin. My fiance and I at the time had broken up. So my cousin and I decided to get a place together for the time being. And we, her, me, and her husband got a house. They just had a newborn baby. So we get this house and my room's in the basement. They had the whole upstairs because they're a family. I kind of left them alone. Yeah. So every night when they she would put their, their son to bed, he would scream in the crib. Just scream and scream and scream. Um, everywhere in the house, he would sleep fine, except in his crib in his room. Hmm. So my room being in the basement, I always felt like somebody was watching me through the walls, through the doors. Um, I, I just got this weird sense that something was off. So I started dating this girl not long after. And uh, she had come over one night and she was the only person that comes over that had an iPhone. And, yeah. and the, I know it's a weird detail, but it, it'll work. It make, it'll make sense. Sure. She was the only person that had an iPhone. My cousins and I, we, we all had Androids. So my my girlfriend would have her iPhone charger. So she comes over. She stays the night. She leaves the next morning and she texts me and says, hey, I forgot my charger at your house. It's not in my purse and I haven't brought it in. It's not in my car. It's nowhere. And I'm looking around my room because that's the only place she had been. And it wasn't there. It was nowhere. 
I even checked upstairs, other rooms in the house, just to be sure, just to be safe. Um, couldn't find it. Nowhere. Well, a couple weeks later, I don't want to say a couple weeks. I want to say it was a couple days later. She comes back. My cousins were out of town. Her and I were the only ones there. We're down in my room, and I started getting this weird feeling. So I pull out my, my recorder, and I, I pull my recorder up on my phone. And as I'm doing this, my girlfriend, she goes upstairs to use the bathroom, which, cool. So I stop recording on my, on my phone, and yep. I hit play, and I'm listening to it. And you hear this voice just go, look. The same time the voice said, look, my girlfriend comes walking down the steps. Right after that, you hear the same voice go, cigarette. Cause I'm a smoker and yeah. so was she. So um, right after I hear that, my girlfriend literally asks if she can have one of my cigarettes. So I play this to her and we went, we went to go back upstairs to go do something. And as we're walking up the stairs, she turns around and goes, if you're the one, if you're the spirit that took my phone charger, I want it back now. I swear on every God that I don't believe in, that everybody else believes in, <laughs> everything holy. We went back down, walking down the stairs. Her cell phone charger was laying right there on the ground. <laughs> Creepy. So the night I left this house, I had moved out. Um, my cousins, they, long story short, they up and left. They didn't even tell me they were leaving. They left me the house and I'm, I couldn't afford it on my own. So I got an apartment uh, with my girlfriend. The night that I was moving out of this house, I wanted to make one more trip. And I, I filled my car up. I went to go lock the door, make one more trip around the house, turn all the lights off, and, and just leave. I go walking up to the front door. I still feel when I think about it, the heat that was coming out of that door. Hmm. I felt like I had walked into the third dimension of hell. I was so scared. I took the keys. I threw them in the door, left the door open, wide open, all the lights on, and I left. And mind you, I was so scared and didn't care. That house was in the ghetto. Anybody could have broken into that house and done anything, and I just... I didn't care. That was the scariest feeling I had ever had. And I, ju I just threw the keys and ran. I was like, you have it. I'm not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> but now I drive yeah. by it because it's not far. And I'm like, man, I want to get back in there. I need to get in there. And it, it's just, it's so hard. It's a residential. You can't. Yeah, you can't just walk up the door and be like, I want to do a paranormal investigation in your house. Can I, do I have it? thought about it. I have thought mm -hmm. about knocking on the door and asking if they've had experiences because I have lived there and just kind of saying, this is what I do, you know, because there could be something dark there that could be torturing a family. Because um, I know when we lived there, the owner was trying to sell it. It's been on the market three or four times and it will not sell. So mm -hmm. that's why I just want to knock on the door and say, hey, <laughs> let, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, I... <sighs> See, I get that. I mean, this house I live in, I live in now, my first house I ever bought was the first place I ever lived that had any kind of haunting or spirit living in it. I I mean, I grew up in a I grew up in the suburbs in a brand new built house that was built when I was like 2. So, oh. there there was nothing there. It wasn't on any tainted ground or anything. So, there was just nothing there. But so I got into the paranormal just by seeing books in the library and stuff when I was a kid. Like I and seeing like the random TV shows of the nineties about that stuff. But I never I never experienced anything until I met my now wife and I went to her house in the Bridgewater Triangle. Which Oh wow. You want to talk about things feel like someone's watching you, that house, you know you're being watched. There's no I feel like it. It's oh that's something's watching me or a couple right, things. Are those are the me. best. <laughs> like oh I mean I still swear to God, the one day we were playing cards or something in the dining room of that house, and I looked out the window and I could have swore I saw glowing red eyes looking back at me. I would that wouldn't surprise me. 
And I literally like jump backwards out of the chair, like going downstairs for us. Like I'm going downstairs to uncle's room for a cigarette. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm yeah. not, I don't want to look out a window right now. I'm good. But it's just, oh, that house is creepy. And the amount of UFO sightings I saw at that house and my current house now as well. Like it's just ridiculous. Like Massachusetts is a big UFO area, but. Oh yeah. Yeah, it really is. Which I mean, it's it's actually surprising how many people you meet nowadays actually say like, "Oh yeah, I've seen a UFO." I mean, even before the government made it like public that they exist, even though most of us wouldn't do that. But I've never seen but, one. Really? I I guess I I don't think I look at the sky enough to notice. That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> I'm out there. I'm I'm out there multiple multiple times a night walking my dogs, and like I'll be looking at the sky while they're doing their business. I'll smoke a cigarette there, and I'll be like, plain. Plane star. Why is it star moving? That's not star. Okay, <laughs> but I mean that's the thing. A lot, a lot of UFOs I see, I never get to see like the actual shapes. I always just see like what look like the stars lights. that are, mo- yeah, stars that are moving, which means they're huh. far away, but they're still there. <laughs> oh yeah, I no, I I never really thought about that. Never thought about it that way that they they could actually just be distant moving lights. Huh. That is well, interesting. I mean, well, I mean, usually in my mind, that just means that they're really far away from Earth and they're on their way somewhere else, or they're on their way right. to another part of the Earth or something. I don't, I don't know. It's it's rumored. I've heard talk in this town that because we're on, we're, we live on a mountain, basically, like we live up on a big hill, and it's basically they they believe that the UFOs come here to siphon metal out of our a mountain <laughs> and fuel up and go home or go wherever they need to go. It, it's it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, it, we. It's we, possibly, uh, yeah. I was reading a theory the other day, you know, that we're actually the aliens, that our life actually started on Mars. And the meteorites and meteors that are floating around was a planet that collided with another planet. And we had to leave Mars, so we colonized on Earth. And they're, they're still coming back and forth. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I love that whole meme theory of what if Adam and Eve were the last two remaining civil, remaining people of the civilization on Mars and they came to Earth to escape death and that's when they started the human race. Like, It's like you're pulling too many threads together there. <laughs> right, because then that also falls down into there's that theory, then you have the, the, the Nephilim, you know, the mm-hmm. angels and giants that bore children together and fairies you know you 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 start getting down this rabbit hole of theories on how the you know the population was actually created (laughs) yeah i mean i am a huge believer in pretty much everything you just said but i tend to go along the lines of interdimensional for a lot of it i mean i'm i could fully believe that Bigfoot and Dogmen were all here before us, and they this was their planet. I, I can agree with interdimensional, um, especially with even in, in the paranormal, dealing with spirits. Um, using the cell phone charger as an example, using poltergeist activity with things moving from place to place. How is it, you know, people see things move and things manifest out of nowhere. How does that happen without it us actually seeing it floating in midair or you know it's got to be interdimensional somehow because we're not physically seeing it i mean yeah it's not gonna be like in ghostbusters when you see the baby floating floating towards the window like it's not gonna happen that way do you just do do, do you just disappear Mm. you know like say even with you know these move these these horror movies um, like I know it was all fabricated and, and, and made up of paranormal activity. Oh God, I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's such a scare. They're a jump movie. The first two were pretty good. Um, but think about it when you have these demonic beings and these entities that are, or even the conjuring where the, the, they pull you and you're nowhere to be found, but somehow you end up behind a wall. Like, how does that happen? Yeah, it's do, do you disappear with the spirit? Are you interdimensionally going through that wall? Or is it when they touch you that you just you can't be seen in this dimension until they let go of you? Like right. How, how is that possible? 
Ah, ah, that is a question for a much smarter man than me. <laughs> but I but mean, unfortunately, I, I don't think those those are answers that are going to take physicists and scientists and you know, not paranormal investigators. <laughs> well, I mean, I I know some paranormal investigators who are actually are scientists, and they oh, I oh, absolutely, I do, I know a few too. Yeah. They build and they, their own equipment, and it's their hobby though. They do it as a hobby outside their regular nine to five job, but. I mean, see, I don't know. It's just because I, I love The Conjuring, too. That's a, that's a really good movie. The first one was kind of trash, but mm -hmm. the second one's amazing. But I see it's just, I don't know. When it comes to, like like you, I'm not religious. So I have a hard time believing in, oh, there's a heaven. And if you're good, you go there. And there's a hell. And if you're bad, you go there. Like, I have a hard oh, time same. believing the old the old fairy tale of that. But I was brought yeah, up to believe same. that. But. And I'm, if there is a heaven, my grandfather shaking his head at me from it. But <laughs> I, I mean, I fully believe that I've been told by multiple memes and psychics, and this is basically formed my belief that when we move on, our spirit, our energy, whatever you want to call it, goes goes somewhere. But it's another dimension that is basically a big waiting room, like at the DMV, and you're waiting for your number to get called to go back down to another body. It's um spiritual hangouts yeah um, and and yeah it's I, I i believe that i believe until our spirit and our soul i i believe in soul contracts um i believe that your soul and your energy your life path is chosen before you're born um and that's why we have a lot of miscarriages is because the soul and your 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 soul energy chooses you so if a soul energy comes down into an in, in, in pregnant woman and says you know i like this child this child is ready to live this life well there's there's my vessel there there's my body but if the soul comes down and notices that maybe the dad's not ready for a child maybe the dad's not ready in his life or the mom's not ready in her life to take care of me then I don't that I, this they're not ready and I don't want it, and I, I I thoroughly believe that that is true. Interesting. I've never I never thought of that, and no one's ever like said like, like maybe that's the reason there's like that miscarriages. Like I never thought of that. That's like I I uh, theory. I believe it because my wife and I were trying to have a baby, and uh, I remember saying something. Um, when we were trying, I was like, I hope we get a girl. I want a girl. Like I was full set on having a girl. I wanted a girl. Um, my wife ended up getting pregnant and ended up the, the, it actually ended up dying. So we, you know, she, she lost the first one. Um, and then we tried again and beautiful baby girl. Um, it's beautiful. She's phenomenal. She's going to, she'll be four in two days. Um, mm -hmm. and to me, that was before she was born. I was a very angry person, very yeah. angry at life, depressed, hated everybody, everything big alcoholic. I drank a lot, um, on the verge of a divorce. And about a year ago, I got into shadow work. Um, which led me to studying about what's called neuroplasticity, which is rewiring your mind, rewiring your brain, um, hmm. overcoming limiting beliefs and getting yourself out of depression, getting yourself out of those beliefs that hold you back in life. So that led me to becoming a certified life coach. Oh, and so to me, that is... Um, my wife tells me now, she goes, you know, you didn't want a daughter. You didn't want a girl. You needed, you needed her. Um, during the midst of my changing and my, my path of becoming a better person, my wife and I got in one last, my wife and I haven't been in a fight in over a year now. Yeah. Um, the last one we got into, I was drunk. And she looked at me and said, how would you feel if your daughter brought home a man like you? That shut me up. 
that was the day I started studying, learned about neuroplasticity and just, I've been the happiest person I had never thought I would ever be after 36 years, 35, 36 years of just living in depression and darkness. Yeah, I can, I could totally get that. I mean, I, when I went, when I went, met my now wife, then when I started dating her about five years ago, almost now, um, actually, shit, is it going to be six years almost? Yeah, six years almost now. Um, she already had a almost one-year-old daughter and a five-year-old and a three-year-old son. And like, I always wanted kids. I always told myself I did ever since I was a teenager. I said, I want a kid someday, but all of a sudden I'm dating this woman with kids and I wasn't quite, I mean, and I was, I was the same way. I mean, I, I never like to say I'm an alcohol. I was an alcoholic. I was definitely indulged in alcohol plenty, but I was a big guy and I rarely ever actually got feeling. It was just ah. the taste. I like to sit there and drink back whiskey all night for the taste, but it's just the way it was or gin tonics or take your pick. But, <laughs> but I mean, I, I was, I never had that limit of knowing um, when to stop. Like that was uh-huh. my big thing with alcohol was I just didn't know when to stop um, because I liked getting drunk. I liked being out of my mind, um, but that was the problem. Now you're right. Now I still drink. I'm not, I'm not saying I, I, I quit. I'm not sober. I do still drink because you're now for me, it's the taste for me. Yeah. Now it's why I'm drinking. Um, I'm drinking, I'm watching a football game, you know, I'm drinking because I like to have a margarita with my Mexican, you know, like mm-hmm. that's what I'm drinking for now. Now I'm not drinking like I was to just be fucking sorry if I <laughs> can't cut. Oh, no, no, no. Um, doesn't matter. But I, I would drink because I got up in the morning. I would drink because I stubbed my toe on the counter, the kitchen counter, or like I would have to find reasons to. And now it's, I do it because there's an occasion. And, and that's something that was very tough for somebody like me to do. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I get that. I mean, and I, I never thought I had a purpose either. I mean, I used to just go to work every day and just, I hated life and I would wrap myself into work basically because it's the only thing that made life worth living. So that's, I would, yeah. I mean, that's, yep, why that's I how I was. And, it, it's, and it, it's, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Man. Oh, I was going to say, it's especially tough um, in, you know, situations, uh, even what, um, having getting with a, a, a girl with kids that's a mm-hmm. tough situation you know even because when when my wife and i got together she had a three-year-old already so it was kind of hard to um do that parental communication you know that um disciplining is is still kind of like we've been together for eight years and it, we still can't communicate on discipline we still can't <laughs> You know, because I have that, well, he's not mine. I don't feel like I can, you know, kind of thing. And it, it gets tough. Oh, I never had that issue. Like, <laughs> she told, if she, if she told me, like, he's not listening, like, talk to him or, uh, or if she, if I, I used to go over there, like, every other weekend to her house and spend the weekend because we lived like an hour away, an hour, 15 minutes away from each other when we met. So I would go to her house every other weekend for the weekend once we went on a few dates. And, it got to like she would tell me like he's been horrible for the last two weeks like he just doesn't listen he disrespects me i'd sit down have a talk with him and if after a couple of visits but that didn't work then you know what maybe he needs a little spanking you know what i told him i'm not gonna ever i would never punch a kid i would never do anything like that but i have no problem with spanking because it's worked since the beginning of time so absolutely <laughs> which i mean that's as far as i'm willing to go but it's just and he's a good boy now. Like I kind of made him realize you have to respect your mother and you have to listen to your parents, which now I'm one of them, but you have to listen to them because <laughs> it's just the way it is. But, and of course the, the daughter who is now five, almost six, she has me wrapped around her finger. She knows it. And, but she also uses that to get away with murder because she knows daddy can't get mad or if she comes in for a hug. She knows right. That. Same. My daughter's the same way. When she gets mischievous and she knows she's in trouble, she goes, "But daddy, I love you." Oh and, and like, how do you? 
how do you get mad at that? <laughs> I, I literally will walk away, go outside, and be like, mother, she pulled it again. She pulled it again. <laughs> yep. It's, it's just something about the girls. It's, you know, you want them to know. And I had that conversation with my wife this morning, or not this morning, a little bit ago, that I'm glad that um, my wife and I were able to work through our divorce and, and work through not getting one um, for the sake of the kids. You know, we, yeah. my wife and I just could never come together as a couple uh, until recently. And and now it's, it's, you could see the reflection, the, the kids and I, us, we all have a better relationship. Um, and I told her, I was like, you know, the one thing that I'm, I'm very proud of is I think no matter what happens between you and I down the road, my daughter's not going to have daddy issues. No, she's not. She, she has that comfort, comfortability where. Um, we'll be watching a movie and she'll just, daddy, I want to cuddle. Daddy, let's cuddle. Or daddy, I'm ready for a nap. Let's, let's cuddle. And you know, I'm, I'm so glad that there are daughters and, and especially that I'm sure yours is going to be one. Mine is just going to be that daddy's girl forever and just be mm -hmm. smart and, you know, just be independent yeah. and take and and just love who she is and be a free spirit. Exactly. I mean, my my daughter's the same way. Like every night. I mean, especially lately. But every night, like for a long time, it was always when we when we try to go to go to bed. It's just can we go in your bed and cuddle? I'm watching us. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> like it's like my my wife didn't like it for a long time because like she just thought it was weird. But I'm like that's just because you weren't like that with your father when you were young because your father wasn't the best father. So I you know I thought that too. You know. It, it it does get to a point where you're like, it feels a little awkward and a little weird. Yeah. You know, even the other day, um, she wanted to take a bath and my wife wasn't feeling good. And my wife gives her the baths because yeah, my wife, my wife's a mail carrier. So she's only got a limited time during the week to really spend with our daughter. So uh, Sundays have become the number one day that, you know, you're, you have to take a bath. You know, she does it like two or three times during the week, but Sundays yeah. are the days mom gives it. So she got upset because my wife, my wife wasn't feeling good. So she's like, no, I'm not going to give you a bath tonight. We'll do it in the morning. And uh, so she got super upset and mm -hmm. she goes, daddy, will you give me a bath? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to have, I can't have this conversation with you. You're only going to be four. And I told my wife, I'm like, that's just to that point where I just think it's uncomfortable for me. Yeah. I just can't do it. Um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and I haven't, I haven't talked to another dad that's been in that situation. So how would you handle it? <laughs> well, I mean, Basically, when basically, I mean, my daughter doesn't take baths anymore. I mean, she hasn't in, in a year or two. Now she takes she takes showers. So, I mean, I'll I'll go in there, turn the water on, let it start getting warm, and she'll get undressed, she'll hop in, and then I go in every once in a while to check on her and make sure like that she's not wasting time. That's a big thing with her, or that she's not making a mess of the mess with the soap because that's a big thing with her is making a mess of soap anywhere, whether it be sink or shower. Unfortunately, that's just a girl thing. <laughs> it is. But so, I mean, I, it doesn't make me uncomfortable so much that it's just more like a, okay, I have to get this done so that she doesn't stink going to school. Like, that's why, like, I'm, right. I mean, even before that, like, when she wasn't going to school, it's just like, all right, she needs a shower. Like, she needs to get in the habit of showering multiple times a week and then eventually daily once she gets to a certain age. And by that age, I don't want to be in there. But still, I mean, it just, once it gets to a certain point, I, I mean, hopefully the next few years should be like a brother and just jump in without needing help at all. So, right, right. I mean, but I, I get the uncomfortableness of it because I mean, it just is weird, especially in today's culture. Like, well, I mean, even, even in the olden culture, it would have been worse even because men never did that back in the day. Men never right. gave their kids baths back in the day. It was always the mother's job. And, and now it's you have all these, these entitled teenagers and kids that are, suing their parents for not getting permission to change their diaper. They're suing their parents because they chose, you know, and it's, it's setting us up for, well, how do we, how do we handle this? 
Oh, if my kids ever try to sue me, I swear to God, I will take them. <laughs> and That's what them I mean. Where they came from. You you haven't seen any anything like that? I can't. I mean, other than like movies, no. But I no, am also, I, I don't watch the news, but that's also part of it. I, I really don't. I, I don't either, but I, I get caught up here and there on certain things just to stay up to date. But it, it's just ridiculous, the sense of entitlement that these young kids have now. And it does. It sets us up for shit like that. And I mean, it's even worse nowadays with the freaking computer games and video games that they have that they like, God forbid my son doesn't play Roblox for like easily five, six hours a day when he has school and like 12 hours a day when he doesn't have school. Like, God forbid. Like, right. If I, if I take it away from him as a punishment, he literally acts like a drug addict losing his drug. Like, that's literally what it's like. Like no the kids. cry, the crying, the screaming, the stomping, like it's all, it's literally like a drug addict when you take away their drugs and they're like losing their minds. That's what it reminds me of it. It's sad. It's an addiction to a point for them now. And I mean, yeah, our video games weren't as cool when we were kids. Like they were okay, but you got bored of them eventually and you want to go outside and play or something. Right. I, nowadays you have to I force still get them. bored of them. I, I still uh, get bored of playing video games. Oh no. I mean, uh, I, I easily will spend a whole 12 hour day playing video games just because I can, I'm an adult, but right. Just, right. I, I have my days where I can, but I also know that if I, I, I can't, I'm one of those that I can't sit there and not be productive. Mm. I like being busy, but I, I have my days where I'm like, you know what? I just want to play some, the la- I've, I've been playing The Last of Us again. I, I, I've played that like three or four times and hooked on the show. Oh, um, I mean, my, my, my wife, my wife just started playing it. And then like, I told her, like, you know, there's a show coming out soon. And then like, Two weeks later, the show came out. I was like, "Oh, I thought it was a lot further out than that, but okay." <laughs> <laughs> it's, but I mean, I, they're both phenomenal, um, and I don't like games like that. But I love that game. See, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of games like that. I prefer mm-hmm. RPGs or stuff along those lines. You know, it's just. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I don't like the storyline where you have to find clues and get through and find your way around. Like I, you're right. I like. I like sticking to the action. Like, give, I, I'll play some Call of Duty. Um, you know, I, that's that's what I want. I want action. I don't want a storyline and people talking. Oh no, no, I I I love a good storyline if there's if it's actually good. I mean, comic this book, one comic, was comic book video games nowadays are like watching a freaking Marvel movie, right? So, I mean, I, I with with getting to play the action in between. So I mean, I love it, but no, this one, The Last of Us. If you haven't played it, you haven't heard about it. Um, it is. It's a very phenomenal storyline. Um, and I got it from the video game, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's funny because like we're watching the first episode last week, and my wife's literally like, "This is exactly how the game starts, like word uh-huh. for word." And I'm like, "I'm like, that's strange. You think they would change it up a little bit for TV?" But no, they 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 wanted to keep it as close to the game as they could, yeah. even down to certain specifics are the exact same. Down to yeah. words are the same. Um, it, it, they did it magnificently. They did it wonders. Mm. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, my dream nowadays though is that they got to eventually do a video game where you become a cryptid hunter and try to go capture Bigfoot and or even or even never not hunters. Be a, where you could be a cryptid investigator and go around the world looking for famous cryptids and like put a storyline behind it. Like, oh, evil forces are trying to capture all these to make them work for them like you just stop them and get them to come to your side before they do like but make it a make it a storyline game but make it cryptid based yeah like paranormal is big enough these days where they need to make like video games about it I well mean, yeah, other than fan of phasmophobia or whatever that game was i yeah i i i mean not even just ghosts and spirits there's plenty of games that there were ghosts and spirits i mean i played luigi's mansion back in the day but right. it's just <laughs> but you need i don't know I mean, yeah, they threw like Mothman into Fallout seventy six, and they threw like Bigfoot. They threw Bigfoot and Jersey Devil into Assassin's Creed three. But I mean, come on, like, give us a real game. The paranormal world is dying for a video game. Oh yeah, Ubisoft, listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to make it. They can make anything so, they want, and I'll play it. But so, are you a paranormal investigator? No, due to lack of time, mainly more than anything. I mean, 
between being a full-time job, parent of two kids, two dogs, and running running three, well, not running, but running two podcasts, being on a third, guesting on other ones constantly, just there's no time. I'm a podcaster first. I mean, the paranormal is just where my love was, and that's where I wanted to start my solo show about. Because okay. the, par- the paranormal to me is been a love since I was a child, and then other podcasts kind of reignited it like six, seven years ago. And I want to talk to different people in the world that know paranormal like I do and can talk theories and go back and forth. And I've been on roundtables now with other podcasters about it. It's the most fun thing in the world to do, to be able to just sit there and talk like, what if this is true? No, but what if this is true? Like, it's a wormholes. We always say we're jumping down wormholes constantly talking about paranormal because there's so many directions you can go. Oh, yeah, that, that's life. Everything's a wormhole. It basically is. I mean, and I mean, we did a we did a roundtable about ghosts uh, a couple weeks ago, and it easily went an hour and a half, two hours, because it's just us spinning out different theories and talking everything. And I think we're doing one this weekend on UFOs and aliens, which I can't wait for, and abductions, because I that's see, I am not big into the ghost spirits thing. I mean, I live with one, and I like ghosts <laughs> and spirits, but. I prefer things that are flesh and blood or that, I mean, the idea of aliens is fascinating me since watching like TV shows when I was a kid. I mean, it's just the way it goes. I mean, you grow up watching Spock talk about aliens on a freaking reality show and you, you are a documentary and you want to learn more about it. That's the way I see it. But I mean, I keep saying like, I, I know paranormal investigators in my area and I got to go eventually with one of them to do a, investigation or going squatching that's what i really want to do is go squatching with some, with somebody well you'll always make time for the things that you want to do um yeah i mean i'm a firm believer of that you know always you know the one thing i will say is um always stay true to to who you are and and really always remember what got you there you know always you know take some time and uh investigate take some time and get out and get a re a re um, feel for the field and it could help spark some more ideas and more visions to to take to podcasts yeah see that's that's the problem though i am not sensitive in any way to anything like when it comes to like the paranormal i can't speak to them i can't set i can sense them only if i feel like i'm being watched but other than that i like my wife could just sense when one's staying in the doorway next to us and i'm like i didn't feel a thing like the only the only time yeah, i ever get a I could do that too. I mean, the only time I ever get a feeling is when I'm talking to psychics and mediums. That's when I get a feeling like where there's something in the middle of my head and it's like glowing and glowing, but I can't turn it on. I don't know. It's everybody says meditate. I'm like, I don't have time to meditate. I really don't. I, <laughs> you really have to, you, you really have to be a hold yourself accountable and do it. I can't meditate either. Um, I actually find it easier for me because a lot of meditation is really just clearing your mind, um, getting into that calm space. Me, I, I have a 15, 14, 15 year background in music uh, yeah. before really getting into paranormal. I was a musician. Um, so the only time my brain is ever actually shut off is if I'm listening to music. So when I meditate, I have headphones in and I'm listening to like, hardcore death metal or hardcore music um just something that relaxes me and calms me down see that's the funny thing is i run a freaking music podcast and (laughs) and even when i'm listening maniacal music musings i think i've heard of that one it's we've been doing it since i don't know may or june we're rather new one but it's an album. It's an album challenge show. Each 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 week, our guests bring on al- our guests brings on an album, and me and my co-host have to try to match it with our own albums. And okay, so but even when I'm listening to albums for that show, I always have to go back and rewind tracks because I can't focus like on the music. Even there's always I'll be listening to a song and all of a sudden something else will hit my head and I'll just be like, I'll look down. It's like two songs later. I'm like, what the hell has happened? <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> like I can't and I. I have to do it while driving. I hate just sitting around and listening to music. Like to me, that's just not something I ever did. Like I have to driving is the one time where I could really appreciate music. 
I do love to listen to music and drive. I mean, it's just the road and the music. It's the best time to appreciate music. But Oh, yeah. Because if I'm home, it. I'm playing video games when I'm listening to music at home. I'll turn the video games down all the way if I can, and I'll just listen to music while I play. But still, I'm not paying full attention to the music because I have something visually that's making me look at it. So, I mean, it's just uh, – it's – it, it, I mean, it's not easy, but yeah. well, there's you know, me. For, I'll turn up the music and the video game and try and listen to them both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to party. Oh yeah, I mean, see, that's that's my wife. She likes to blast the music <laughs> at till like two, three in the morning and have it blasting in the living room. And that's not me. I can't do that. To me, that's annoying. I constantly get in fights with her over it. Like, turn that shit off. Like, I don't. Even if it's a band I like, I'll be like, turn that shit off. I don't want to hear it right now. Like. Oh, I won't do it in the house. <laughs> oh, she will. No, we, we will. have a ranch and, and it's you know, have one uh, floor. So I actually have like this area I'm talking in now, um, right here. Let's see if I can turn my computer the right direction. This here is a, a doorway, obviously. Yeah. Um, this whole area, this half is it, it's pretty big. It's about the size of two garages. Um, I collect antiques and haunted items. So oh, that's okay. full of them. And then I have this office here where I do all my work. Um, so I have a whole room in the area where I can have the music as loud as I want. You can't even hear it in the house. So I love See, it. That's, that's what my wife needs, but she's scared to go in the garage because of the spirit. But, and she doesn't want to go in the basement because we have a read-on issue. But, but you collect Honda items. What's your most interesting piece you own? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, what do I got here? You said interesting. They're all everything's interesting. Or which one do you get the most activity from? I guess I should say the one I get the most from is this doll right here. Really? Yes. Oh, that almost looks like the doll my grandma gave my daughter for Christmas. <laughs> Her, her name is, she she actually does have a spirit attachment. Her name is Emily. It's a little six year old girl um, mm. died of a head head injury. I believe she fell off of a power wheel and busted oh. her head open. Yep, that's horrible. But she's I mean, attached to me. She she won't leave my hip. Huh. Interesting. That's see, I I know like. I have friends who like they want to own like Robert the doll or they want to own Annabelle. And I'm just like, why? Why would you inflict that hell upon yourself of wanting to hear <laughs> Robert running around while you're sleeping and whatnot? Like, I'm good. I am so I good on be, that. I think you then there's me. I think it would be awesome to experience. I mean, I I may I create scrying mirrors, so I create I create and open portals. Um they're oh, all God. open in my house. I actually lost track of how many i have but i mean i I, we some of us do it for the thrill some of us do it to you know have a play i do mine as a place to try and find answers as opposed to you know gotta fly all the way up to vermont to go to wilson castle i gotta fly all the way down to such and such for this um but i am actually powerful enough with the things that i know how to do and communicate with spirits to where i can actually bring spirits from locations to my house and i don't even have to leave my house and i i can probably investigate a location that way that's pretty cool uh, that's that's a different way of doing it that i never even heard of before but that's I've, definitely I've, cool that that's emily uh the the doll here she's i actually call her she's my little cia agent mm. that's what i call her um, because every time before I go to, I do an investigation or I film, I get feelings and energy dreams of the location that we're going to. And I'll start getting these, um, ju- just feelings. And I'll tell her, I'll be like, Hey, you get to go to this location before I do, you scope it out and tell me what it's like. Tell me what you feel. Tell me what, and she'll, she'll prepare me. She'll tell me what I, what I need to do. Um, how to handle it and and she's oh yeah for a little six-year-old spirit she's she's dominant she's not she's not scared 
I can only imagine my six. My, I can only imagine my five year old as a spirit, and that she'd probably be like that too. I imagine, but <laughs> she's tough. I mean, she could throw a punch. I have a my five year old girl could throw a punch that will make you like that makes me literally jump back sometimes and be like, "Ow, what the hell?" Like <laughs> it actually hurts to a degree. Like it's like, oh my god. Like I never thought in the world a kid would actually hit me and it would hurt, but right, it, it can. <laughs> but oh yeah, oof. oh yeah. So my daughter likes to aim for the face. So I don't know. I know. Oof. <laughs> no, my daughter. She knows better. She knows better than that. But she knows she won't actually do it. But she'll. There's been a few times she'll come up to me and she'll get, "Daddy, you don't give me chocolate milk. I'm gonna punch you." <laughs> and that's when they never get the damn chocolate milk. That's for damn sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. But let me ask you this before we wrap it up: What is the most interesting place you've actually gone and investigated? Uh, most interesting or most haunted? I mean, I guess it could be one the same, or what's the one okay. you were looking forward to? The, what's the one you were looking forward to the most? Because I like to see it from your perspective. So the one that I, I was looking forward to the most and has actually become one of my favorite locations, um, I've been to twice, three times, actually. Um, Wilson Castle in Vermont. Highly, I know you probably hear about it a lot. I highly, I don't. highly recommend it. Um, filmed a documentary there. Huh. It is available. It's available on YouTube. It's called um, Goodwill Haunting, kind of like Goodwill Hunting, but Goodwill Haunting. <laughs> I love that. Um, but I was able to showcase some of my abilities. Of I was able in the documentary to cross the spirit over, um, mm-hmm. help guide in that, um. When I first walked into the location itself, I felt at home. I felt welcomed. I felt like I'd been there before. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people say that about locations. They say, oh, I feel like I'm at home. I'm comfortable. I feel like this is where I belong. Well, after me actually visiting this location, I had three intuitives that have never met each other, never spoken to each other, two of which I've never spoken to or even talked to before reach out and tell me that there's a female spirit in this building who is mad at me, does not like me. Hmm. Um, She's bitter, but she is a very known, she's a well-known spirit at the location. It's said that she looks out the window waiting for her lover to appear. Ah. And this is in what's called the bridal suite. So all three of these intuitives, like I said, two I had never met, all three did not know each other, tell me that in my past life, one of my past lives, I was the man that she was in love with. She was having an affair on her husband. He found out and left her at the altar. So she stands there waiting for the love of her life. And that was me in a past life. Interesting. So people go there and they'll call me, they'll text me and message me and say, we're in the bridal suite and we're getting your name on the spirit box. We're getting your name on the recordings. And Hmm. um, yeah, so I'm hoping to get back up there soon and actually find some answers. What part of Vermont is that in? Uh, Rutland. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, Dr. Rutland. I'm curious. Because, uh, I wish I forget how big Vermont is, but it doesn't seem like <laughs> it is, but it's decently big. I mean, yeah, that's that's about like 215 away from me. So, uh, so I drove the whole 10, 10 12 hours. That's how far it is. <laughs> well, maybe next time you go up there, may I have to join you. It's a great. I'm hoping to get up there again soon. I loved it. Um, it'll probably be a little bit before I get back up that way. Yeah. But I mean, if you definitely, know. you definitely want to go somewhere that's historical. Um, yeah. I mean, she's got items in there from the king, queens that have been um, rulers. You know, she's got it. It's a gorgeous building full of history. Well, maybe we'll have to do a pod. Cast crossover next time you go up there and do a live from it. Oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd hope to get back there soon. I mean, as much as my wife would love to go, my 
I, she didn't want to bring the kids, and I'd be like, hell no, I'm not. Taking it's kid friendly. To... Really? Yeah, they they have tours. Um, to me, there's there's really nothing very dark there. We believe there is in the basement, but it's very it's a comfortable place. You can take kids. Hmm. I mean, I just want to think. I don't want to think getting attached to my kids. That's the thing. I say at least take a tour. Go through a tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anything gets attached to your kids, I know how to get rid of them. So just true, 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 true. Get a hold of me. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, definitely might to go check that out at some point when it gets a little nicer out and there's not a foot of snow on the ground like there was right now. But <laughs> we yeah. just got hit yesterday. The last 24 hours have not been fun taking the dogs outside. But oh, I don't doubt uh, it. God, yeah, and mastiffs love snow, so they are hopping around like a freaking bunny in the snow and eating it and running around like oh, playing yeah. it. It's just like, oh, I want to go back inside. Come on, guys, go <laughs> bathroom already. But I don't do good in snow. I I can't. I live I mean, in Ohio. I hate snow. Oh, I hate I I live in I live in Northeast all my life, and I hate fucking I hate freaking snow. I hate fucking snow. <laughs> like it's just always been a thing. I when I was younger, it was one thing. Now it's just like a. Oh, I'm too old for this shit. One time, I moved, right. one time, one time, I moved to North Carolina or South Carolina or Florida or something. <laughs> but I'm hoping to do that in the next couple of years. Just my wife and I are looking down towards Gatlinburg and heading down to Tennessee and just living yeah. in the mountains. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't mind going to New Orleans, honestly, or, or outside New Orleans, like a suburb. But because see, I want land. I want I want land. I want quiet. Uh, that's, I want that's my... those. That's why I wife. want those creepy woods around the house. I want that shit that scares everybody that doesn't make them want to come over. Like, give me that. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like my wife more than me. When we were buying the house, she's she's the one who says, "Oh, we need at least one one and a half, two acres." I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "So we have no neighbors." I'm like, "Who cares?" <laughs> but see, we like, did that too. Before uh, we're the house we have now, we have a little over half an acre, um, yeah. but we moved from two acres. We had Ooh. two and a half acres before we moved here. And we get it for the kids. Yeah. But everything you get for the kids, they never use. So we're sitting on two acres and they just want to hang on the front porch. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean. So we downsized the yard and now I'm like, man, this yard's too small. <laughs> oh, no, I'd be happy. So much, so much less yard to mow, so much less yard to freaking snow blow. I'd be down for that. Like, <laughs> See, I'm a landscaper. I, I mow wow. in the summer, so I love doing it. But, um, yeah, I don't mow my own yard. My wife does because I do it all day. Why do I want to do it here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. But, so, my, first of all, thank you for coming on. We, our start time got a little hectic there, but at least we got it done. And oh, absolutely! We, yep. We had a we had a we had a fun and good interview. I'm not I loved it, and I can't I can't wait for my listeners to hear it. But tell them where they can find you, your podcast, your your movies you direct, where, wherever they can um, find you. You can reach out to me. Uh, you can find me. I do run. It is called WLTKDB Radio. I run behind scenes for that. Um. I've actually got a show I'm running here in a little bit, but I run behind the scenes there. I also have a podcast on it with Diet Renee. It's called Unfiltered. Um, it's our daily, our weekly podcast where um, she does live readings. And after she focuses on your chakras um, and after she gives you the live reading, she hands it over to me and I throw in some life coaching tips and some life coaching questions and, techniques that um you can help unblock yourself you can help you can figure out and and and, uh focus on yourself and and unclear chakras um and paraflix of course you find me in paraflix um behind the scenes i do all the graphic design work i'm the executive producer i make all the commercials um other than that you find me on instagram at my catcher official um twitter i don't use all too much and I'm mainly on Facebook, so that's probably your best bet to get a hold of me. And is Paraflex available yet on like Roku or Samsung TVs? Yes. It, okay, it's available on Roku, um, I Apple Store, Android, Apple TV. Um, yeah. All right, I'll have to check it out because my my wife would love it more than anything. Yeah, if, 
go ahead and uh, when you subscribe, if you do, it is $3.99 a month. Um, I could be wrong on the yearly. I believe it's $34.99 a year. Yeah. Um, but if you use code Mike10, it'll get you 10% off the first three months. Cool. That's my little discount code for anybody that's listening. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of great content on there. Um, my first documentary I ever filmed and edited is on there. So interesting. Yeah. My wife always complains she's got nothing to watch because she loves like the horror genre. So uh, if she definitely... gets into the ghost finders or anything, the ghost finders are on there. Um, mm. Talk show with Patty Negri. If she knows who Patty Negri is, um, she's from Ghost Adventures. Um, oh, yeah. She doesn't, those type of shows she doesn't really go for. She likes the more scarier stuff that, like, the, the real, stuff that I'm like, real. The, stuff, the stuff that I'm like, why do you watch this? <laughs> <But>. <laughs> My wife questions me too. So it's okay. I like the morbid, the bloody supernatural stuff. And mm. my wife's like, I want to watch the notebook. <laughs> uh, the notebook. But yes, thank you for coming on, Mike. It's been an amazing Absolutely. show. As all my listeners know, you can find me on Facebook as Paranormal the New Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings Podcast with an S Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as at Juggalo Bastard. You can find me on TikTok as Juggalo Bastard Podcast. And you can find us on YouTube just by searching Paranormal the New Normal. And until next time, I will catch all my listeners then. And Mike, thank you for coming on. It's been an honor and we'll definitely maybe have you back sometime to tell some more stories about your investigating and your filmmaking absolutely and if i'm ever in vermont i'll hit you up i'll let you know oh please do it's only a two-hour drive and my wife always wants to get out of the house more so there we go <laughs> two hours is better than my 12 so <laughs> oh, it I, when I, you uh, can. i ain't going 12 hours nowhere in a car come on now <laughs> but i will see you next time listeners